Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Podcast where two bearded film fans watch the bearded and hatted, hatted, hat wearing film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor with Kate and joined by my regular co host, Mr. Mr. Ben Arrington. Bearded and hatted. I'm good. I'm bearded, good. I'm feeling good. Hatted. Feeling cozy. It's cold. Are you feeling cold right no, now? No, no. It's quite warm here today. Oh, it's freezing. Free, I'm freezing cold. I've got like nine layers on. Not nine, but you know, might as well be. Eight. I've got a, Eight. a can, of, can of Rio on the go. Oh, very nice. Can of Rio. Tropical. I have had a can of Rio. Very tasty. Should, I, yeah, what, what flavor is it? Tropical. Yeah. I've got a bottle of Karma Cola. I don't know if you've tried that before. I've never heard of it's it. Sort of like a, it's, like a sugar, it's like a sugar free sort of. Oh, okay. Posh Cola, but it kind of, I mean, I don't want to discount, I'm sure no representatives of Karma Cola are going to listen to this podcast, but it kind of tastes like, you know, like the cola flavored ice poles you get. I like this. It kind of, it tastes like that in drink form. You call them ice poles or ice pups? We call them ice pups, I think. Ice poles, I call them. Interesting. 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 The differences, the differences between us again. Yeah. Bringing the world together here. Sad. Yeah, but yeah, it's weird. It's fizzy, right? I'm going to talk about this only for a second. Yeah, it's fizzy, but it tastes flat. I don't know. If that there's, makes nothing sense. Fizz- there's nothing well, fizzy. About are you it. saying it just tastes like what flat Coke tends to taste like? I think so. Yeah, I think that's maybe what I'm trying to say. You know the Coke where you get in like the 10p cartons and you bite. The oh yeah, bite at the end. Oh yeah. wow, that's the that's the bottom of the barrel, isn't it? Really? Yeah. A Coke. Up. Yeah. If you're like thinking, I fancy a Coke, and you go for that, you're you're at the lowest point in your life. So, we've got our drinks. <laughs> yep. Someone's out there drinking a panda pup has been terribly insulted. A few men. Uh, what's the gases, I think, from the panda pup? Um, yep. <laughs> so, the stuff and the guffs. Stuff and the guffs. Yeah. You know what? I've been. This has been one of those weeks where I've not really, you know, consumed all that much. Um, I've watched more Love, Death, and Robots, which I'm enjoying. I haven't finished it yet. 
But I've watched a good, you know, probably five or six more. And there's a few. uh, Beyond the Aquila Drift, I think, is one of them that really sort of stuck with me. I thought that was pretty horrific. That had an ending. made me uh, kind of, I wouldn't say freak out. Yeah. There's a moment in that that does get to you. Yeah. It it sort of made my skin crawl. Hmm. I was like, ah, and I had to. I did that exact same noise. Ah, ah, (laughs) and I had to immediately have a shower. But yeah, Yeah. um, somebody. some of them are good. I'm gonna to have to go and review, you know, every single one and the titles and everything, so I remember everything. There was one where with werewolves in, yeah, in the arm in Afghanistan. That I thought was pretty good. That was pretty brutal, but they're all really good for like different reasons, you know. Oh yeah, um, a one called Helping Hand as well. I thought was pretty. Oh, I love that one. Yeah, that's that was great. Great. Yeah. 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 That's great. But then yeah, and tonally they're all very very different. Yeah. But, um, they're all really well made really well written and all the different animation i don't think there's been one animation style where i've gone i'm ah, not feeling that yeah i like the ones that um so aquila drift one that's the most realistic maybe the most realistic animation i think i've maybe it's like ever a seen. photo realistic yeah. cgi was a gaming cutscene, but like yeah way better than you can ever imagine the one in the witness is very like comic booky but in a sort yeah. of almost still a very sort of realistic comic booky sort of look I really like that, yeah. Yeah, I like the visual style of that quite a lot, but um, it's also like the most porny of of all the episodes, I think. Porny. I mean, Beyond the Keeler Drift gets pretty porny in oh, a yeah. while. Yeah, it does, yeah. Porny. <laughs> um, yeah. Apart from that, I don't think... Oh, yeah, I watched the first episode of The Twilight Zone, the new Twilight Zone. Um, Jordan Peele and, well, Jordan, I don't think Jordan Peele wrote or directed this one. But um, the first episode called The Comedian. I don't know if you have you seen this yet? No, I've not seen it. Seen no. it? Um, yeah, really good. So I guess it, as opposed to Love, Death and Robots, if you like your fiction, obviously, I guess because all, all that's quite strange fiction with like odd twists and stuff. This is obviously a new a new a reboot, I guess, of the classic series. But yeah, if you like your things a bit more long form, like an hour long stories, then you know this is for you. And lovely, nicely bookended by Jordan Peele, who's the hot. He's the man of the moment. So he uh, he's timed he's time yeah. this. He's timed this very well in order for this to come out a week after us. Yeah, yeah, he's doing quite well. He's doing all right. I think he's 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 going to be all right from here on out. I do yeah. wonder, like, when his first misstep is going to be. When is he going to? He's only made two films. Let's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on, you're a due one already. I've only made two films. Hurry up and do a shit word. Yeah, he's get out of the or way. All... I mean, how long does it get to the point where he's like he's nervous making a film because he's like, um, it's like, it's like when you get a strike in bowling and then you get another one and you get another one and you think one of these, one of these, times <laughs> yeah, one go. of these days. It depends when he makes the next film because I think Get Out was 2017, Us is 2019. If you keep smashing out films every two years, yeah, the chances, you know, unless you're going to do Tarantino and like leave it. A long time before. That's probably the worst example of that. There's probably examples of. I've got a feeling he won't. Terry Gilliam. Yeah, the, the, his films seem to be uh, um, quite quickly put together from from looking from the outside looking in. There's Blumhouse as well, so I think they're yeah. quite keen to to. Does they've got a good? Um, what word am I thinking of? The wheel barrow. The wheel. They've wheel. got a good uh, wheel line line stuff. Production line. Go. Production line. I knew we'd get there. Thanks, yeah. Luke, for all your efforts. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so, and apart from that, I've just been playing some more Alien, Alien Isolation. 
very slowly. Um, yeah, it's, it's super tough and mm. it's a big challenge. So every time I finish a section of it, I kind of take a deep breath, step away from it from a couple of for a couple of days, and go right next bit because yeah. it is a a difficult game to sort of get your head around, really. Especially for someone like me who's quite like very used to running and gunning or just going in all guns blazing, fucking shit up. Yeah. That's how so you live your office. life. The office. That's how I live my life, shop. man. I've always wanted, even games like Metal Gear Solid, where it's called tactical espionage action, where you're supposed to be stealthy. Uh, you know, if I get seen, I just think, shut up, kill everyone. Well, you don't watch the scenes. Do you, do you skip the cutscenes? No, I don't skip the cutscenes. I'm not a monster. I just mean in the. <laughs> I don't skip the three hour cutscenes. Yeah. 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 So it's it's a it's great. And uh it's got me hungry for more alien stuff because I also watched the first of the short films that they've released for Alien Fortieth. How many um, which are forty? I don't think I've done forty. I think they're doing like eight or something like that. But that's my, makes well, sense. I've just plucked that number out of the air. But I watched the first one called Containment and uh they don't seem like they've got the biggest budgets. They're very like sort of quick little snippets of you know the alien universe and so far that one didn't seem too far removed from what we see in the films i was kind of hoping to see stuff that was like stuff like we didn't see in the films that was yeah, set in that universe yeah. that yeah. perhaps use those those creatures but this one's very much of that universe so we'll see how they progress yeah i'd be interested so are you further in alien isolation than you were before you say you quit before oh yeah uh, i think before i maybe only played an hour or so yeah I'm a, I'm a lot further in now. Okay. Um, I don't know don't know how close to the end I am, but I'm. Uh, it's, it's, it's that, I've oh, got I've got the flamethrower. Did you get to that point? I only played like the first thirty minutes of it. I've not played it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So by the time you get to the flamethrower, like it's good because as soon, usually when you see the alien, you're dead. But when you got the flamethrower, you finally got something to fight back, and you can kind of burn it, and it runs away. Okay. Yeah. Only only temporarily, but you know you don't feel completely helpless in that yeah, scenario. Yeah. Uh, I will play that at some point. It's, I think it's just I'm waiting for a deal. I don't want to spend like more than twenty quid. I think is this for Alien Isolation? Yeah, you can definitely pick it up for super cheap. I saw it last time. It was forty-five pound or something, and I was like, no I'm way. not paying that much. I, I reckon get yourself on online somewhere. Get on, it secondhand. Yeah, I reckon yeah, you can get yeah, it. Probably, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't want to get your hopes up, but I'm going to say five pounds. Five pounds. Yeah, that's what I reckon. Yeah, that might be too much, too little. Yeah. Sorry, that's well, what I reckon. I swear I've seen it for super cheap, especially in like. Well, uh, it was like a like a PlayStation deal thing at one point, and it was like six pound. But I just put it yeah. off. I don't know why. Six pounds? Nah, too much. Five. I'll wait for it to be five pounds. Yeah, but uh, I have been playing a game. A guy let me. A guy wait. Let me send you a sacrifice. Hellblade. Have you seen that? Uh yeah, yeah, I've seen that. It's quite um, scary. It. So it? it's it's like in, it's a a really good companion game to God of War. It's set all in Norse mythology. Um, it feels like it's almost like just the other side of the island or something like that. Uh, but it's the way it's designed. It's all um, designed to recreate the feeling of uh, anxiety and mental illness in, in various ways. Yeah, I think I've heard something about this. Yeah. So as you sort of um, you're supposed to play with headphones. And you've got like voices coming in all around you of like your own voice and someone else's voice and people telling you your shit. Someone's your going, own voice? What? Luke Condor's voice? Is well, going for it. Yeah. That's just me. Shit. That's just me talking. Like, uh, but they've got like, um, uh, it's like stuff like the, the light changes. I don't really know how they do it, but it does 
the light changes, the music changes, feels really tense and really scary. Um, and then you genuinely feel like you're having a panic attack. So if you enjoy panic attacks, then this is the <laughs> game, the game for you. If you enjoy, if you are that one person out there who enjoys panic attacks, yeah. But this is like a, it's a smaller game. They call it an independent AAA game. So it looks amazing and it's great, but it's made by a smaller, uh, I think they're London-based company. Uh, but it's it's really good. Yeah, it's um, it's worth a game. Is it quite short? I don't know. I'm only about three hours in. Um, and I do feel like I'm getting through it. So maybe another three hours or something like that. Okay. Mm. Worth a squirt then? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, if you can get it for like 20 quid or something, I mean, that's what it's for. Mm. Yeah. Uh, other Very than nice. that, I watched um, The Toxic Avenger, number one. <laughs> nice. Number oh. one. Is there more than one? It's like four or five, I think. Yeah. Jesus. Um, so after watching that of a trauma film a couple of weeks ago, this is on YouTube, and I just randomly put it on, thinking I'd, I'd like to just see how it, you know, what it looks like and that kind of thing. And just ended up watching the whole thing. It's very low, like low budget, and made in the late seventies, seventy nine, I think. And it's um, it's it's fun. Like it's really quite poppy. It does drag in various places, but it's really kind of poppy. It doesn't feel boring in any way. And the gore scenes. Genuinely, sort of disconcerting. I had to like look away as uh, so the Toxic Avenger sort of he like uh grabs one guy and uh puts him under like a weight machine and sort of smushes his head off. Like, <laughs> and then every, everyone he kills, buddy, sort of shoves his mop into their faces as a sort of final move. I don't really understand what, what's going <laughs> on there, but it's silly, it's really silly. Um, there's a bit near the start where the bad guys, these four teenagers in a car and they have a game where they run people down and you get points for different types of people you kill and like it's quite hard to watch there's, there's like a 10 year old boy on his bike and his mum says wear your helmet because you got to be safe and the kid's like really nice okay mum <laughs> he's like riding his bike and then they these four people in his car see him and it's quite a big build up with him saying that's like worth 25 points let's get him and then they knock him off the bike and then he goes, it didn't count because he's still alive. And his kid's like, like really long scenes of him bloody, his like legs all bent funny, and he's trying to get away. And then oh. he reverses over this kid's head, pops his head. <laughs> and then I was like, Jesus Christ, this is like the late 70s. This is, trauma definitely do push it. <laughs> yeah, you're pushing your luck here, trauma. Yeah, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, um, I'd recommend it for people who are looking for Funny, slightly grindhousey films, I guess. It's not all the way that way, but it's this, you know, boobs and gore. That's boobs, that's... It's bo- boobs and mops. Boobs and mops. Yeah, <laughs> but it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, that's how it was built, wasn't it? Yeah. Other than that, I watched uh, today's film. Today's film. You did. I'm glad. I'm always glad when we do this podcast and you say you've watched today's film. We've managed to do it every time. Luckily. Yeah. It's always coincidentally. Yeah. What have you watched today? This film. Oh, right. Me too. Yeah. So that as well. Uh, so this film is called Phantasm. Uh, Phantasm. Have you got any details on the old flick? Sure. So. Why not? Phantasm is a 1979 American science fantasy science fantasy horror science film fantasy. written, directed, photographed, and edited by Don Coscarelli. Um, so it's the first film in the Phantasm franchise. It introduces the tall man, 
played by Angus Scrim, a supernatural and malevolent undertaker who turns the dead of Earth into dwarf zombies to be sent to his planet and used as slaves. That's kind of like a, a spoiler in that description. Yeah. Um, he's opposed by young boy Mike, who tries to convince his older brother Jody and family friend Reggie of the fret. Um, I keep getting like a hair. I think I've got an eyelash in my hair. My eyelashes are so strong to keep. They kind of grow into themselves. They sort of curl around. <laughs> They're so strong. <laughs> you do have beautiful eyelashes, Luke. There's always someone I thought of you. Thank you. They're just uh, so long. They tickle people. It's tickle like it. Get into people's faces. Um, yeah. So what else? So this is seventy-three percent of Rotten Tomatoes, six point eight out of ten on IMDb. It's an interesting one. Have you? The first time you've seen it? Yeah. So I think I've always, I've always, I've seen like clips of this film. Yeah. Bits, bits and bobs all over the place. Like quite iconic imagery and mm. you know death scenes that I've seen. Knocking a bat. You've seen a couple I've of never ball, actually, balls in people's faces. I a couple imagine. of balls in people's faces, and I've never, <laughs> you, you imagine. Um, but I've never actually sat down and watched the whole thing. Yeah. But I sat down and watched the whole thing, and I really did quite enjoy it. I thought it was, I mean, it was strange, but I was kind of I was <laughs> yeah. kind of glued to it the whole way. And, you know, there were some films, like especially from this era, and especially being a film, if I hadn't seen it before, my, my, my um, attention would probably drift off somewhere while I'm watching it, but this kind of kept me invested throughout. And I thought for a film, which I can, you can kind of tell is pretty low budget. Yeah. It does pretty well at being a sort of a film centered around a sort of antagonist who's, I guess, quite, quite a iconic antagonist. And it does pretty well at sort of making out, making out that he's genuinely terrifying. And, uh, definitely stand like holds its own against other films. Of this, yeah, era. and also I thought the music was amazing. Like the music yeah. was, the music again is up there with things like you know the Omen, the Exorcist, all things of this similar era. Yeah, in terms of in terms of like how it's. I mean, it, when you listen to that, you're like, that's a really good main theme. Yeah, for, it's, it's, cool, cause it's like the kind of film Don Coscarelli. I think he financed it through family friend, or it's one of those sort of situations. He kind of made it on his own. I think he's made another film before this with. Uh, Reggie Bannister and a few of the other guys I think um, and you can tell it's got that sort of homemade feel to it and it definitely doesn't make total sense it's definitely got sort of a music video logic to it <laughs> rather than like a story logic <laughs> but yeah, I don't know it, it feels like the kind of horror film that is like a, a kid's horror film but made for adults it's got that sort of yeah I think uh, you find that when a, when a kid is like the main yeah, Char- yeah, essentially the main character. When a kid's yeah. a main character, it usually means it's kind of four kids or something. But this is good. It's like that. If it, again, it's it could verge into like the Scooby Doo territory occasionally, but it seems to avoid that most of the time. Yeah, I mean the the, the sort of the the horror side of it tends to be actually quite scary. Like the little metal balls that fly around, yeah, dr- drilling people's brains out. I mean, there's loads of stuff that happens in this film where I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> yeah. Like, what? You so know the, what I mean? The first time I watched it, I remember thinking, I can't. I think I liked it, but I didn't really get it. Um, the second time I watched it, I, I think I was just sort of enjoying what was happening. And now I can kind of watch it. It's kind of like comfort food. I don't think you need to understand it. It's just, it just is. It doesn't make much sense at all. I mean, there's bits where, there's one bit where, um, Mike is in two different scenes at the same time. 
like he's riding a bike behind his brother and at the same time he's in getting that finger like in the talking to like weird grandma the media oh yeah, yeah yeah so this bit's where i just think like i don't know it doesn't make sense it's kind of lynching in that sort of sense where you just have to sort of accept what it what it is and enjoy it yeah, yeah. i mean it is it's pretty it's pretty insane um but yeah i did enjoy it for the most part i think and i think he's a great a great antagonist as well just a big tall scary bloke who kind of looks who does he look like he does look a bit like um what's his name doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah, you completely. Well, right. well, I, uh, my brain is fried. Dracula. What's his name? Uh, Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. Jeez, I know what you mean. Yeah, he looks a bit like Christopher Lee, where he's just got this very, you know, scowly face, and you know, boy, just, yeah, boy, boy, I'm gonna give do some bad things to you. Oh God, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it is it is kind of weird. It is kind of freaky. Um, I don't understand the logic of it, but I'm fully invested in the story and everything that's going down i was looking through the wikipedia plot summary of it and you can tell the story pretty doesn't make that much sense where someone's had to write every little detail down because it's, there's no sort of through line you can't say a guy did this because of this and therefore no. this this is like they did this they also then did this then this then this like it doesn't make any sort of no structural sense no exactly it's a very a very detailed wikipedia um plot going on there yeah but i've got to say so um reggie bannister plays a guy called reggie he's an, <laughs> an ice cream man who plays he's got like, a, rocking tunes and he's got a skullet he's got a skullet <laughs> he's amazing like he's like one of like the he should be up there with like other horror icons like ash and he's it uh, i'm pretty sure he's in the other phantasm films as well yeah so him and mike the, the guy who plays mike i think he's in all of them he sort of grows in, grows up to be an adult throughout the throughout the films. Be weird if he stayed a kid throughout all the films, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be very weird. I think uh, the brother is. Uh, I've only seen the first two and a bit of three. Um, the brother comes back in the second one or third one. I was really. Uh, I mean, I I would get to it, but I was really confused about what actually even happened to the brother. Well, yeah, I have no idea. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what even happened? <laughs> Oh, he, I think he's dead or something. Is he? He's like one of the main characters in the film. It's yeah, weird he died. He, they say he uh, was in an accident or something. They didn't say he was in a he was in a bike accident, motorbike accident. Yeah. But then in the sequels, it's as if he got killed by the tall man. And, oh yeah. And there's actual there's there is a progression of story, but. I don't know. <laughs> Every like the whole twist in this, I don't understand how, it at all. <laughs> how tall is the tall man? Interesting. Maybe that would be in the trivia. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, over, I bet the actor's shorter than the tall man's portrayed to be. There's definitely a bit where the tall man turns up and uh, the, the platforms on his tiptoes. Well, well, like not Mike. What's his brother name? Jody. Jody looks up at him <laughs> and, 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 and goes, yeah. nine foot tall." Oh, he's very tall. He's also a woman, <laughs> bizarrely. Like the, the way. Oh this... yeah, he's also a woman. Oh yeah, that was strange. So, shall we? All right, okay. okay. So the, the film starts like this. In so a great, we... I've got it in Major. like a few words here. Yeah, go on. Um, sex, woman, orgasm, woman, knife, post-sex face, knife, tall man. <laughs> <laughs> so a dude 
like so so the major players are so the tall man played by Angus Scrim who's like a weird supernatural being grave grave what is he like a undertaker slash yeah, like a, you can call like a grave robber yeah he, just a bl- he mills around rubs graves but he, he he takes bodies but we don't know why or where initially yeah. or um, after a, was... a Michael Baldwin so his name's A Michael Baldwin not Michael one, Baldwin one of the Michael Baldwin one of the Michael, a Baldwins. Michael Baldwin yeah he plays Mike Pearson little kid bit of a snoopy guy got uh, binoculars uh, his mum and dad had died so his older brother Jody is like his guardian yeah and he's got a very nice perm. Yeah. Um, Reggie Bannister, as I mentioned before, the badass of the film, plays Reggie. Um, Ice Cream Man, Rockstar, Skullet. Ice Cream Man, Rockstar, Skullet. Kind of like the comic relief. Just a bit of a is legend, he, really. I don't think he says any ch- He's also the, the only one, maybe Angus Grimm as well, who I feel like is probably a, quite a good actor, actually. Like, the other two uh, kind of feel like, oh, it's, this isn't their job. <laughs> Yeah, uh, they're they're put, pulling this together from somewhere. Uh, Bill Formby plays the brother Jody. Um, he's also a bit of a rock star, I guess. Big brother, massive yeah. cyclist. And then we got the lady in lavender, who's basically another form that the tall man takes on, mainly to seduce and kill men. Imagine you having you weigh with her, and then you look up, and it's Angus Scrim. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would ejaculate and die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it starts with a guy called Tommy. Um, he's pulled the lady in lavender, and they go and have sex in a cemetery. Which I always think, can't we? Do you want to go back to my gaff? What are we doing? In, what are we doing? Getting on in the cemetery? Why? Yeah, Weird. It's co- it looks cold. It, it looks, looks cold. There's no soft areas to lie. Um, surrounded by corpses. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to concentrate. I wouldn't be able to perform. That's no. what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Tommy and Lady and Lavender are going at it. There's lots of close-ups of him with a with a mustache. Um, and then suddenly he opens his eyes, and a Lady and Lavender, a lovely lady, he was he was making love to, is suddenly the tall man. Yeah. Oh, and now he, I know uh, why we call you the tall man. Yeah. <laughs> and she, and he knifes the knife. He knifes the hell out of him, and he goes, "Well, that's what you get for thinking you were copping off with a young lady when it was actually me, the tall man." Yeah. So uh, who's also homosexual? Have... Did he have sex with the tall man then? Is that what we're led to believe? When he opened his eyes, he was inside the tall man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Lovely. I don't know. It's difficult to say, isn't it? He had sex with something, someone. Yeah. Um, so then we have the funeral of said uh, Tommy. We introduced to Jody and Reggie. Everyone turns up. They go, he died doing what he loved. Sex and old men. <laughs> sex, having sex. <laughs> he... Um... <laughs> I'm a sex of old men in a mortuary, in a cemetery, sorry. Jody um, is apparently, he says, Mike can't come because he's, um, well, with the parents died so recently in a tragic car accident, he can't, can't really come. Uh, but Mike really is come. there. He's... Mike's watching the funeral with binoculars because why not? Um, the funeral goes off without a hitch, but something strange happens. Mike catches the tall man lifting the coffin on his own and putting it in the um in the back he of lifts it he lifts yeah. it like it's a surfboard pretty much <laughs> a boogie board yeah he picks it up and like then it's he a runs board. and it goes down the hill like a like a little slide <laughs> <laughs> he picks it up with one arm and uh, like he picks it up with one arm under his arm and puts it 
puts it in the in the hearse. He's like, yeah, yeah. go on then. Another funeral. Jesus. He starts to flip oh. it around like, you know, the people who uh, like sign guys. Signs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, he's very talented. Uh, he's just a great talent. Yeah, he's yeah. a talented undertaker. Um, so, yeah, Mike's like, uh, whew, something yeah. wrong with this guy. So, Crazy. Um, Mike. Uh, it's telling the story to a fortune teller. I feel like this bit well, is in his mind potentially. I feel like this bit. Some, is this fun. where he's like riding away on the motorbike. So he rides away on the motorbike. Well, it, it all kind of blows together. I'm not too sure <laughs> when when this what the sequence of events is here because he's running away on the motorbike and a tall man kind of glares at him and he the bike falls over. But at the same time, he's. Um, <laughs> Knocked over by a glare. <laughs> Just turn it to shit! But he's, uh... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, so you talk to a, a girl who is in a magic house <laughs> and I feel like this bit's in his head this is a sort of thematic thing because um, then the old woman who's like laughing regularly um, like an old mystic lady she gives him a, a puzzle box or something and um, he's scared and I think they lay out the entire thing right here they, they say fear is all in your head don't be scared it's, Don't none of it's real it's only, the only danger is being scared and I kind of feel like this whole film is about a little boy's fears of being like left alone after his parents died. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he mentions that at some point. He says he's worried that Jody is going to yeah. eventually die or leave him and leave him on his own, pretty much. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty intense. But then at the same time as that's happening, Jody is also walking down the street and Mike is on the bike. <laughs> I think it's a push bike this time. Like trailing after him, yeah, didn't make too much sense. And it's like slow motion and some crazy music and stuff. Um, so he's basically fo- he's following him at this point, right? Yeah, he's following people. Bit of a creep, Mike. Yeah, 
He's like, he, he don't trust what anyone's up to. He's like, where are you going? Oh, I'm just going down the shop. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> I'll follow him. Yeah. Rides after them and peeps at them through the <laughs> through the bushes. He's got like a spy kit. He's got like one of those, those little sound things where you put your headphones in and listen. Yeah. Yeah. What's he saying? <laughs> oh, sorry, I have to pay by card. What? A... <laughs> Lion. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what happens next? So I think we get maybe my favourite scene next, which is the little musical interlude. Yeah, this was random, wasn't it? Dude, I think it's like you guys, you're quite good actors, but you're pretty good musicians. Let's throw that in there, and it's good. What's his name? So the, picture this: Jody's on his stoop, playing some like bluesy sort of. My name is Jody. And then Reggie just sort of finishes his shift as the ice cream man and goes, rocks his guitar out, doesn't even warm up, doesn't tune anything in, just starts going into a song together. They're like, it's so precise. They've practiced this. <laughs> this is not like a riff. This is not like a jam session. There's like bits where they're like going like Meshuggah, Mathcore, sort of... Uh, Meshuggah, <laughs> Mathcore, what, just random little time signatures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's good. They obviously, he's just, just finished a shift as ice cream man. He's like, bloody hell, I've handled so many Soleros today. I need to chill out and play guitar for a little bit. I need to get out, get my riff on. Sold out of ice poles. So, sold out of ice poles or pops. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they have a little jam session. And I guess we're supposed to just show what kind of friends these guys are, I guess. They're close, you know. Yeah, they're, they're in tune with each there. other. Not they're maybe... in tune. In fact, there is a bit with a tuna, which I think is... Um... Tuna, even tuna, tuner, guitar tuner. tuna, tuna fish. Yeah, um, when he has the the tuning peg and he flicks it, and then he presses his fingers and it mimics something he does later on, which um, yeah. is quite well put together. But uh, I think uh, I don't know what happens now. So Jody picks up the lady in lavender. Yeah, he goes to a bar. He's like, "Hello, lady in lavender," but she kind of seduces him, doesn't she? She basically goes, "Yeah." I'll have a bit of you in your perm. Takes him to the cemetery to have sex. Um, or stand up. Uh, Again, he says, you want to come back to my gaff? You know, I've got a lovely waterbed. Um, she's like, nah, let's get, on, let's get on the gravestone. <laughs> yeah. But but Mike, again. Tony, yeah. He's there. His eyes are going through the, through the binoculars. Is <laughs> there. Uh, I'm going to watch my brother get laid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, like, uh, he's not the only peeping Tony because... There's all these like little dwarves. Well, I didn't see them as dwarves yet. Uh, shadows. You, see, you hear like basically like a growly roaring sort of noise. Yeah. And it's pretty messed up. You're like, what the fuck's going on? You turn around, it's basically um, a Jawa. Santa Jawa. Like a little <laughs> dude in a, yeah. in a brown. Yeah. In a brown cloak. And it kind of runs at him and Mike shits himself, runs out, interrupts the sexy time between the lady in Lavender and Jody. Um, which is weird. You think about it, Jody is also having sex with the tall man. Yeah. Unless but he doesn't actually have sex with him, does he? I think they're about to have sex. Hand stuff, maybe. He's literally about to <laughs> enter, and the tall man goes, "Be careful, I'm delicate." <laughs> yeah, the tall man asks if he's got protection, um, and then they run away. Yeah, they run away or something, don't they? Um, so th- then, re- then Mike sees the tall man just walking down the street. At one point, this is quite iconic because there's big fudding footsteps, um, and then load of sort of cold air or what is it? Sort of like it's from his ice cream van, I think, isn't it? From, from his ice cream van comes out, 
And assuming the tall man's kind of like smelling the air, I thought he was smelling Mike, like you smell him across the street or something. I thought it was to do with the cold. I thought it was like, um, yeah. he likes to be cold or something. He loves to be cold, mate. It shrivels him right up. Yeah. Uh, it is quite nice. It's quite nice. That scene definitely reminds me of a, because the music sort of ramp, ramps up there. It's um, yeah, it's quite well put together. Um, Very intense. Definitely some, could be like a John Carpenter theme, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, at some point, Mike decides that he's going to use his power of peeping to go and prove that the tall man is up to no good, or he's doing yeah. something. He goes to like the mausoleum, and this is a pretty scary sort of place. The mausoleum. Yeah. It. It remind, yeah, it's kind of like a weird. What would you say? So it's like well lit. It's all like sort of marble walls and drawers with, where I guess bodies go. Yeah, uh, it's just a marble mausoleum, but it's um, it looks pristine and kind of weirdly, almost um, like a religious, like a place of religion or something. Um, yeah, it's strange. It's pretty creepy. Pretty creepy place, mate. So. Did he get attacked at this point, or is it the so, later on? I think we see the silver sphere flying through the air and narrowly misses Mike. Uh, he dives under it. These sort of like spiky spikes come out of it. Yeah. Um, is this when one of the caretakers kind of grabs him? One yeah, of I don't know who that is. Mausoleum. Care- <laughs> There's like a mausoleum caretaker dude. He looks don't know a bit he like is. the tall man. He looks a bit like the tall man, but like not as tall and not as man. Regular. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the sphere basically comes back and smashes into the caretaker's head obviously these spikes sort of come out and pierce into his skull drill yeah. into his brain and then an horrible jet of blood comes out of the other side of the sphere i mean it's all pretty gruesome and then i think the tall man's like looking at the door and mike's like holy crap or something and he runs away um, holy crap it's a tall man and the tall man runs after him and the tall man is always literally a split second behind him like he's reaching out at some point it's like oh, i got him yeah yeah but um, he manages to slam a door, trapping his hand in this heavy door. And basically, when he turns around and sees that the hand is there, he just has a go at it with a knife. <laughs> and uh, yeah. all horrible custard blood comes out. And the fingers are sort of wiggling like worms. The separate Yeah, fingers. they're, they're yeah. wiggling on the floor. So we're, I think we're made, to, made aware that at this point, not only is the tall man a wrong yeah. but he's not of this world. Because ain't I don't care what you say, Luke. Ain't normal to have custard blood. It's not normal to have custard blood. Custard dessert, yes. Yes. Blood. Blood. No. No. I will say no. But uh, so he's gone here to sort of get evidence of the tall man being a strange guy. But yep. what if he just cut his fingers off and he had normal fingers? Is that just you? Just would have attacked a poor, poor man. Yeah. Uh, then again, he doesn't think point. about that, does he? Mike only thinks about himself. Also, I've got to say, how cool are the spheres? That's a very... if When you said science fantasy, that yeah. is very science fantasy. <laughs> like, if, um, are we made to think that that's like a sort of security system for the mausoleum, these spheres? I assume so, but who knows? Yeah. If you come into my mausoleum and you ain't me, the tall man, or one of my mates, not so tall man, then you better hope to get one of these spears in your bonds. Yeah. They're um very sort of iconic. That and the tall man, I think, are what Phantasm, like the look of what Phantasm is. Yeah. And the dwarves, I guess. Yeah. So so basically, 
Mike takes the finger home to sort of say to Jody, "Look, I got I got his finger off. The tall man is he's yeah. he's he is a wrong one." You were going to have finger, sex with this finger. <laughs> you were going to have sex with this finger. This finger was this close to your opening. Yeah. But then the, the finger turns into like this weird fly thing. With big goofy uh, googly eyes. Big goofy googly eyes. It, it crawls onto Mike's head like it's going to murderize him. Yeah. And then he sort of gets it in a towel. <laughs> yeah. I guess in a towel and he's wrestling like, with it. He's wrestling with a fly. Like it's what do we call fly. that when it's like you're wrestling with something that isn't that's kind of acting. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't know. What is that? When you're just sort of dancing around, pretending that something's attacking you. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So they're trying to get rid of this fly. Reggie comes in. He sees the fly as well. Helps them get rid of it. They what? Do they chuck it down the uh, garbage disposal thing in the sink. Yeah. Which we don't. Which we don't get in this country, do we? In the no. UK. Um, jealous. Getting a bit confused to what happened. I think it's around here where things start to get a little bit like wait what <laughs> like um it, it's very much like a, a like an episode of twin peaks like one of the episodes which is fudged right up where you don't know yeah. if you're coming or going you know i think so the, the hearse turns up like with no driver and then it's like it seems to be that then they make it crash driven by one of the hooded figures who they discover is basically Tommy, who yeah. was murdered originally. He turned into a dwarf. His body has been dwarf, <laughs> dwarfismed. Yeah. Uh, but he weighs like pretty much the same because <laughs> they pick him up at the same time. Jesus, he's small, but he still weighs 200 pounds. Um, and basically, they all decide yeah. to team up and take down the tall man. We've had enough of this. We've had enough. Um, and then they do a bit of digging. Mike sort of goes to a shop, discovers like this antique photograph of the tall man um, who's like dr- driving like a horse and carriage. So now we're made to sit, think that he's a tall man has been around for ages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a bit where um, he he locks Mike up. He says, you're not going out of here. And he makes a sort of fashions, uh, a shotgun shell and a hammer. Yeah, to like blow the door handle off to get out. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good going, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's so. I think I get super confused. I think it lags around the second act a little bit. I could have done with maybe twenty minutes chopping off of here, but it's some. It been like an. It would have been like an hour long film. Then. <laughs> At some point, they end up in the mausoleum, and you find tuning forks stuck in the the ground. Yeah. This is where they're all going. They're, they're taking bodies and they're taking them into this place. When, uh, they go through it at one point and it's like a weird other dimension with red sky. Um, yeah. And I think maybe the pressure shrinks people. Yeah. It's weird that they like use size as a big thing in this film. So the tall man is really tall. The other villains are really short. Um, and everyone else is just kind of medium. Medium. It's normies. Um and then uh, there's a bit where Reggie sort of puts his hands on the tuning forks um, and just like I did with the guitar, it stops the frequency so that reverses something. And But I've got to say, none of this none of this happens <laughs> because, okay, so they all sort of get split up. Reggie gets um, um, knocked outside for some reason. He gets stabbed. By the lady in lavender, who he was like helping up. It turns out to be the tall man again. And by this point, I think the tall man's dead, isn't he? <laughs> well, I don't understand how. 
Who killed the tall man? I'm pretty so, sure the tall man's dead. I can't remember why or how. Maybe, uh, he's, maybe, he's, not, maybe he's not yet. No. Okay. He turns up at he turns up at the end as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Reggie gets stabbed. Best guy in the film. Heartbroken. Stabbed. Comedy, what's happened here? Jody and um, Mike. I think. How did he get away? They're in the dark of the mausoleum, and they somehow get away. They've run away from dwarves and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so basically, yeah, I guess. Big... <laughs> <laughs> so, how do they get rid of the tall man? So, at the end, they don't they lure him into like a deserted mine shaft, trap him inside. Yeah. Um, and Mike has that moment where he's got to basically control his fear. Yeah. Um, and succeed in the plan. Yeah. But. But when he but when he does wake up, <laughs> this is where so when he does wake up, Reggie basically says, "Everything you experience, <laughs> experience is a nightmare." That's a great story, kid. Uh, it's, now it's back to reality. Frequ- it's been happening frequently <laughs> since since your brother died in a car crash. Yeah. So like we're made to believe that this whole scenario happened because Jody's going through some sort of PTSD because he lost his parents and now he lost his brother, and the tall man is a representative of that. And he's trying to sort of get his get get grip on his fear, yeah. In that way, and Reggie's basically like, "I'll take care of you now, Jody. Don't worry, I got a skullet. Why don't we go on a re- road trip together? Let's have a Solero and, and fuck off to New have York a Solero. Yeah. Go and go and get go and get packed. But when but when uh Mike goes into his bedroom to get packed, tall man's there, isn't he? Like in the window or something. He pulls him through. He's in the window and so, he pulls him through into a dark <laughs> void. And then the credits roll, but um, it's uh, I think the idea that maybe his brother didn't die, but then yeah. in some way the tall man using his crazy weird magic sort of changed reality, yeah. and stole his brother from him is quite a good idea. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's. I think it's more along the lines of it didn't really happen, but then did it happen? Um. But. I don't know. Make it make of the ending what you will. I don't think it makes too much yeah, sense. Yeah, I kind of get made made to think that yeah. So he took he took he did a, he did get hold of Jody, but he altered reality somehow so that yeah. Mike would would not necessarily know. But then he comes for him at the end anyway. It's all man. So yeah, he clearly loves himself a bit of these brothers, doesn't he? You should watch. Um... He's desperate <laughs> for these brothers. I think um, I think the sequels maybe get a bit even more crazy. I mean, they start to add stuff. I don't know if you're going to watch the sequels at any point. Uh, well, maybe. There's a bit. Um, oh, I won't. I won't spoil anything. But it, uh, Jody comes back as something else. <laughs> okay, I won't spoil. It. It's just bizarre. I as mean, a, as a beast, it gets post-apocalyptic at one point. I think in, in film two, there's like the world's ended, and Reggie and Mike are on the road, fighting off the tall man. And his demons and stuff. It's a it's a crazy crazy series. Um, and his demon balls. So I mean, what what is a tall man's end game? I don't don't know. I don't he just wants to get people, turn them into dwarves. He's like reusing. He's like making an army of dwarves from dead corpses. Dead corpses. Yeah. Very dead. Yeah. Yeah. Very dead. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So I mean, like I think. What does it all mean? I think it's just a fantasy film of a kid's 
Is it real it life or is it just fantasy? Yeah. But it's good. I mean, the tone it definitely hits the hits the um, the tone just right. There are and five I, films, including yeah. Phantasm Five, which came yeah. out in two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Uh, hang on a sec. Jesus. Yeah. What's up? I'm in recording studio. <laughs> I'm in the recording studio. Oh, right, okay. Huh? Need your key. So I need to get like a recording, like a red light. Okay. Um. So yeah, so there's the last one that came out was Phantasm Ravager in 2016. Did they crowdfund that one? I think it's uh. Apparently a much sure. much lower budget sort of affair. I've I've heard that the, the first four and the fourth one I think reuses footage from the first one to sort of loop the story together and it does start to come together in a as much as Phantasm films do come together. Interesting. But they're great. I I I think it's amazing that they sort of made this little franchise. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a Again, this is not a franchise I was massively familiar with, so it's pretty cool to to watch the first one of this. I'm just looking at looking at a Michael Baldwin, Mike, how he looks yeah. now. Yeah, and in, it's true, he looks the same but old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got the same. He's got like exactly the same face. Yeah, yeah. It's just just an old face. Um. So, you ready for some trivia? Yeah, give me some phantasm trivia. Give me some phantasmic trivia. Number number one, the dwarves were played by a little people, b children, or c dancers. <laughs> little dancers or children dancers? I don't know. <laughs> They're different breeds. Let's go for ch- <laughs> let's go for children. Correct. They were played by little children dancers. Uh, number two. <laughs> Which uh, which big Star Wars character was named after Phantasm? I want to say big, Cap- I don't mean... Captain, oh, Captain Phasma, is that her name? That is right, yeah, Captain Phasma. Uh, JG, this is J.J. Abrams' favourite film, Phantasm, and he named Captain Phasma. Oh, ever, ever? Apparently, yeah, ever, ever. Wowzers. Yeah. Uh, number three, the mansion in this film, which is like the mausoleum mansion... Um, was also used for what Mike Myers film? I'll give you a clue. It's about murdering. It's about murder. What? Which Mike Myers film or Michael Mike, Myers film? Mike Myers. It's about murdering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh. I don't know if you would have seen it. Actually, maybe. Yeah. What can I think? I don't know. Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know, God. So I married an axe murderer. Oh yeah, yeah. Dunsmore, Dunsmore House and Gardens in Oakland, California. Okay, interesting. Number four in Italy. This movie is called what? Phantom. You're gonna go Phantom. I don't know. Phantasmi. (laughs) (laughs) Phantasmi. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, uh, and apparently it means ghosts. Um, okay. In the word phantasm, I think it comes from some Edgar Allan Poe, like phantasmagoria stuff. 
Um, I don't know what it means, actually. Um, Number five. On what day did Don Coscarelli rent the filming equipment? On what day? What day of the week? What day of the week? Really? Not like a special day in the year? No, no. So, well, he did it on this day every week when they were filming. On a, on a Friday? Yeah, correct, yeah. So he'd hide it, he'd get it on a Friday, um, and he'd have to take it back on the Monday, but he'd only get, he'd only have to pay for one day's worth of filming, and he'd be, he'd be able to use it for the whole weekend. So that Very was nice. Whole, uh, that's how he made the budget work. That's but, good. Um, good going. There's also, I'll say, Don Crossgrady just put out a book um, called True Indie. It's about filmmaking stuff. Uh, what else did Don Crossgrady do? So uh, John dies at the end. He did. Um, he did Bubba Hotep as well, didn't he? Bubba Hotep. Oop, yeah. Let's put his name here. What else did he do? Uh, Phantasm Beast. 2. Phantasm 3. Beast. The Beastmaster. Beastmaster. I haven't seen that for a long time. Kenny and Company is the first film we made. The film we made before this. Um, I think it's quite a different film. Yeah. About it's got Kenny Mike in Everett. it. <laughs> yeah. Has it? Got Mike in it and Reggie Bannister and, he loves it, and a Michael Baldwin. Oh no, a Michael Mike. Baldwin. That is Mike. Yeah, <laughs> it's got Mike in it and a Michael Baldwin. Yeah, what's the uh, A stand for? Uh, Alfred. Who knows? Well, should we try and find out? Oh no, a Michael Baldwin, born Michael M. Baldwin. He just, just didn't want to be known as Michael Baldwin. That's literally it. Just yeah. add an A to your name. A Luke Condor. <laughs> uh, yeah, that pretty much works. Okay, so you got, I think you got four out of five then. Well done. Yep. Well, nice one, dude. Um, so you need to rate this film. I'll let you go. I, I think, I think we, uh, we probably didn't do it a whole world of justice. We kind of skimmed over a lot, but. I've, I think that's just because I get a bit confused it is one of those things where it gets a bit confusing. A lot of stuff's happening. But I think in terms of visuals, music, atmosphere, performances, well, not, not so much performances. Performances from like one or two people rather than everybody else. Mm. I think it, it's, 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 it holds up pretty well, especially for someone who hasn't seen the film before. I think, as I said, I was pretty into it for the whole time. So I would mm. I'd give it a B, I think. I uh, So... I was thinking the same thing. I think um, this is a good movie. I can understand why some people would like absolutely love this film. Um, yeah, I would say it's not like a it's it's not like a to the right brain human being. People who look for logic and everything, they're not sort of going to get that here. But if you sort of you like your David Lynch, but you wanted a bit more of a sort of horror flavor to it, then this is this is like right up your yeah. street. Um, That's a good comparison. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what I'd liken it to, really. I mean, it's it's a bit like Ray Bradbury's something Wicked This Way comes, but um, less. Yeah, definitely Twin Peaks vibes. But I think I got that from yeah. like the small t- the small town setting, as well as the. I mean, there's a tall bloke in what's his name in Twin Peaks, a giant or something. Yeah, uh, in the red room. Yeah, in the red room. Yeah, so I mean, it definitely had that, and I guess the, the mausoleum. Sort of fits as a sort of red room type weird place where things aren't quite up is down, left is right, 
black is white, all that stuff. Yeah. All a bit backwards. Yeah. So um, what do you want to do next week? So next week, well, tomorrow is, is fact, is Pet Cemetery is released. Okay, okay. The brand new Pet Cemetery. Are you up for giving that one a sneaky review, Mr. Luke Condor? Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Let's do that one. You didn't take much convincing. We will get back. We will get back to the IGN list of it. This is just a slight, you know, we're off the beaten track now, aren't we? An influx of a few, films as well. A few, a influx of films, and then the main reason, which I don't think we even mentioned, but the main reason we decided to watch Phantasm is because it celebrated its 40th anniversary, like oh, yeah. mere yeah. days ago. So that was the reason why this one came onto the uh, onto the radar. Yeah. Um, is there is there some big thing? You know, is there like an alien anthology coming out for the 40th anniversary of this? Um, well, I, I don't think so. I think they. Uh, well, what for Phantasm? You mean? Yeah. I don't think so. I think they just did sort of put it out there that hey, it's the 40th anniversary. There we go, and everyone went, "Yay, we love this film!" And I thought, "I have never seen this film. Let's watch it." Now I've seen the film, and there we go. I'm glad you watched it because we've done these like done the the 50 list of. Uh, Empire Magazine, and we're doing this one. I don't think it's even on this list, and I feel like it should be on some list. <laughs> like it's a good film, like yeah, it's yeah, um, yeah. kind of iconic as well, and it should be up there with with your Evil Dead's and your, um, you know, the, the, the things that we yeah. always go to because it's it's a good horror, but it's also a very unique horror. I don't think there are many exactly, that we've yeah. watched on this list that have sort of felt like they've got this sort of atmosphere, this sort of vibe. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, this show is brought to you by Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com. We're a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Kalman for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider giving us a rating review in iTunes and remember to hit subscribe. Thanks to my co host, Ben, for being a right horror Thank you very much, Luke Condor. A Luke Condor. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.